0: And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Hey, lady, welcome back. Happy, merry, however you say it, post-Christmas. I hope you guys all had the most fantastic holiday. And if you didn't celebrate, I hope that you just enjoyed some quiet me in downtime, too. That's so valuable. And you guys are all settled in and ready for what's going to be a pretty epic 2020. Everybody on Instagram that posts lunar calendars, that talks about astrology readings, that says anything spiritual, says that 2020 is going to be insane. And I'm fully believing it and accepting it, that means that it's going to be true for me, and I'm projecting it for all of you. So here, there is my gift, my post-Christmas gift to all of you. In addition to that, (laughs) my random tangent, I got to sit down and talk to a fantastic gem of a woman. Fran Dargaville is my guest today, and Fran is a functional nutritionist. She really expresses her passion, and her underlying reasoning for why we should fuel our bodies in a place from love, what eating real food looks like in all actuality. We talk a lot about making healthy living fun and easy, two things that some of us sometimes don't even know is possible. She gives some really great tangible tips. Tips and tricks, and just ways to make that true, make that be your reality. Um, I loved it. I she has her own podcast, so she spoke so well and so flowed so freely. I could have chatted with her for ages, and I know that she is going to share some really wise messaging with all of you. And before we dig in, want to say that in just a couple weeks, you guys, I cannot believe, we are diving deep into my Mindset and Muscle Mastermind group. It is starting on Monday, January 6th, and there are just a few spots left. It is a micro group, so we're keeping it nice, small, and intimate. That's the best way that I enjoy coaching. And it's actually a lot of the things that we talk about in today's episode. What does all of this healthy lifestyle look like for you how do you make it fun how do you make it easy how do you make it not one more diet not one more january where we're starting this bandwagon plan that we're going to follow what is lifelong changes that you're really making and the the title of the group says it all we are tackling mindset first because mindset is everything everything. What I have learned in my health journey is if I would have actually started with mindset and of trying to always force change on my body, I would have been 10 times further, 10 times faster. The women that I've worked with in my one-on-one setting, I've used a lot of those methodologies and those techniques and put them in this mini group. And when I get to hear one of my one-on-one clients say, i looked in the mirror today and I didn't hate what I saw. I was not consumed with thoughts of food or my body. They feel that they're confident in their skin for the first time in their entire lives. They feel that they can be normal around food, something that they never expected was worthy, worthy or possible for them. It still, to this day, sends chills down my spine. I honestly get tears and I'm starting to tear up now just thinking about it. And I want that for you in 2020. You deserve that. Because not only is it the eight weeks that the program is, but it's skills that you take on the rest of your life, and then you're done with the rest of the shit. You get to put it down and finally be free of it and just live life. Live life. Just understanding how to master that mindset is such a valuable skill. And then it trickles down into every other part of it. I know this is perfect for you. It is a first come, first serve launch. And like I said, there are just a few spots left. So if you are ready, make sure you check out the link in the show notes. It will direct to a schedule. We can chat on and we'll schedule a call where you and I can just chat and I can figure out what is the best way to approach it. What are your goals? What do we need to work on for you so you can finally be free of all of that? I cannot wait to link up with you, join in your journey, and help you allow 2020 and every year that is coming past that be the best ones yet. All right, let's go. Let's chat with Fran. I can't wait. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited to chat with my guest today. Hi, Fran. Hi, Meg. Why don't you go ahead and let everybody know just who you are?
1: So as you said, my name is Fran Dargaville, and I'm a functional nutritionist, and I'm also a yoga teacher. And I work a lot with people who have chronic health conditions. Um, So I myself had chronic fatigue. A number of years ago, so it was really through that process of healing and supporting my own health that I actually discovered this whole um, nutrition world in the first place. So now that's that's what I do, and I support people with one on one nutrition coaching and group programs as well. And and maybe this
0: is a difference in where we're at, where a uh, cultural difference, or but I've heard a lot of functional medicine practitioners. I'm not as familiar with a functional nutritionist. Can you just explain that just a little bit more of
1: exactly what that entails? Yeah, absolutely. So it is, it's is—it's quite a similar thing. So obviously I'm not um, a, a doctor or a naturopathic doctor. Um, I am qualified as a nutritionist, but I also have extra qualifications in that functional approach. And that functional approach is all about really just getting to the root cause of what is going on, and that's the same, you know, whether we're talking about a functional doctor, functional medicine practitioner, or a functional nutritionist. So I also uh, do a number of a number of different tests, depending on on you know the client and what symptoms they have going on and the various conditions and that kind of thing. But it's really all about asking why and looking at the the function of the body, trying to identify what the root cause of that dysfunction is so it could be a number of different things i i love gut health and i often talk about gut health that's kind of one of my favorite things to to talk about because i think so many of us are affected by poor gut health and that can be you know part of the root cause for for so many people so it could be something you know like a parasite or just dysfunction in how our, our digestive system is operating it could be you know just Stress, chronic stress, that's what so many of us are are affected by. So, my job is really to, you know, basically look at each person as an individual and try and figure out what the root cause of that dysfunction is for them. So, basically, that dysfunction, it could be, um, you know, fatigue. Or, you know, in this sort of case, it might be that you're having trouble moving forward, you know, progressing and you know, lifting heavier, getting fitter, running further, all of these things, you know, that's a, uh, a sign that maybe something isn't functionally, functioning optimally in the body. So what we can do is figure out what that looks like for you. And we're all very different. And that's why, you know, someone like myself or a functional doctor is sometimes, you know, important to get involved because there's a lot of different places to look. So um, we've got to start really digging because, what I see a lot of people do is tolerate feeling second best or feeling crappy for their whole lives. And it really doesn't need to be like that. You can, you know, whether it's just a case of, you know, optimizing, as I mentioned before, or you have some sort of chronic health condition, like an autoimmune condition or chronic fatigue, um, something like that. It's really important to figure out what's behind that. So you can bring your body back into balance for good and you don't have to put up with those frustrating symptoms anymore it just brings so
0: so much up and so many feel I can go on a zillion avenues with that but <laughs> first of all just coming back to gut health you are not the first guest on this podcast that has we've done a deep dive into gut health and I think mm. that that speaks so strongly to the impact that that has on all of us because my guests have been from all different platforms and it seems like an underlying theme for so many of them is coming back to balancing out that gut and really looking that as a first place when things are not going optimally in our health
1: yeah absolutely and that's that's the funny thing because when I first was interested in that I suppose it was due to my own, you know, the chronic fatigue. And I also had a lot of digestive issues, IBS, that kind of thing. So I got interested in it from that standpoint, but then, you know, since working with clients over the last um, four or so years, I just see people come in with a huge variety of different issues and symptoms and, um, you know, just, just not feeling quite right. And I've just seen time and time again, that that is, often behind what's going on. So I think that's the thing, even if you don't have these digestive symptoms, um, digestive issues, even if you don't have IBS or you don't get bloated or anything like that, you could still have, you know, an imbalance of bacteria or a pathogen or something in your gut. And that's why it's so important, you know, if you're not feeling a hundred percent to consider looking into this. And I love how you said too,
0: we, sometimes I think Feel or have this misunderstanding that we need to feel a certain way. Not, not. Maybe it's tired. Maybe it's bloated. Maybe it's run down or depressed. When really, that's not how we're supposed to be feeling. But we just accept that to be because we felt that way for so long.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. There's, there's this. Basically, it's not really a quote. It's not a great quote. But I think, um, you know, I think a lot of people think all these signs and symptoms are they're really really common but they're not normal mm-hmm. so we want to aim for optimal and you know what's what's actually normal and optimal for us instead of what's common because you know a lot of people put up with feeling tired in the afternoon or you know menstrual cramps and all of this stuff but yeah it just doesn't have to be have to be the case so we need to sort of start to have a bit of a new normal and it can be a little tricky when you're used to being in that Um, you know, paradigm where everyone's just sucking it up and getting on with their lives and, you know, training, even though they don't feel great and and all of that. But, um, you know, once you can start to, you know, aim for optimal and actually also just start to pay attention to the signs and symptoms of your body instead of just, you know, slap a Band-Aid over them with, um, you know, whatever that is, you know, medication or even even like, you know, herbal um, herbal remedies and that sort of thing. It's like, you don't have to put up with second get, second best. So just, you know, do do what you can to bring the body back in into balance, um, for life.
0: One thing that you mentioned was, you know, listening to that body and listening to the cues that it's giving us. And I feel like for so many of us, myself included, and so many of my listeners, who have struggled with disordered eating or history of diets or over exercising, addiction to exercise. When we're so ingrained in not listening to ourselves and you have a client maybe that comes to you, where do you even begin to start to say, we need to just listen to what the body's saying? That seems like such a foreign concept when you've detached yourself from it for so long.
1: Yeah, I completely get that. And it's funny. I think I do actually attract a lot of people who have come from that sort of background because I've definitely come from that place myself. Um, I was into the whole sort of bodybuilder diet and training a lot for a while there. That's around the time that I developed chronic fatigue for the second time, funnily enough. So yeah, I don't think that's much of a coincidence, Mm -hmm. but, um, yes, I think, well, firstly, you just got to be really conscious because a lot of this whole, World, you know, there's all the orthorexia and that sort of thing. And what I've seen a lot of people when they get into the healing world can actually end up adopting a very similar mindset to the whole, you know, restrictive, um, you know, approach that we have in the whole, in the fitness world as well. So I think if you enter anything like this, you've got to be really conscious that. So if you go on, you know, a healing diet, a healing protocol, Um, you know, something that could be a little bit restrictive. You've got to go into that with an awareness, um, you know, and start to shift your mindset about that. So um, I think that's really important to to consider. Um, And then also, I guess, yeah, what what I'm sort of – what I sort of suggest all of my, my clients to do, and I think a great way to do this because, again, like you said, we're often really detached um, you know, from what's going on in our body. So what I find helps, I guess, if you think about it like this, you know, maybe you get to the end of the day and you think back on the day and you can't really remember, you know, you're like, Oh, maybe I felt a little bit tired or, you know, Oh, I felt all right. I don't really remember. I don't really remember everything I ate, you know, that kind of thing. So what I do like to do with clients is get them to fill out a food and mood journal. And this just says food and mood, but there's actually quite a bit more to it than that. So. What is really helpful is if you can basically, you can just do this in a journal or you can probably find, you know, something online or just, you know, just enter it into the notes app in your phone. I'd prefer not using something like, you know, MyFitnessPal because firstly, Mm -hmm. you can't track, you know, your mood and um, digestive symptoms and that kind of thing. Secondly, it's very, you know, calorie and macro focused and that's not what we're looking for here. We're looking for you know, tracking the signs and symptoms of your body. And also we want to track and count nutrients and, you know, the positive things that you're adding in and not be so focused on, you know, just the calorie, calories in, calories out sort of approach. So what you can do is basically, you know, you don't have to do this forever, but maybe just for three to seven days, you just want to track what you're eating, but not in a sense, you know, I ate 12 almonds sort of thing. <laughs> track, track the foods you're eating um, just, just from like a, you know, what you ate, it doesn't matter too much about how you ate. We want to also track your know, energy levels, how you feel, your mood, um, digestive symptoms, any other symptoms you have. You know, if you get something like a rash or you get menstrual cramps or, you know, we all have these different signs and symptoms that we have going on just starting to pay attention to those and write them all down in one place. And then what you can do is, firstly, you can start to notice some patterns about what's going on. So, you know, for women, obviously, there's, there's you know, our cycles that we can start to notice um, these changes that can correspond with our hormones as well. But also, um, you know, just all these things, when you can actually see them in one place, we can start to link them to oh, maybe that's related to, you know, this specific food that I keep eating and it's not it's not really agreeing with me. Um, or, you know, maybe you have some, you know, you're feeling really exhausted and you end up having a coffee and sugar in the afternoon um, and, and, you know, but that feeling exhausted is actually a sign that either you didn't have enough sleep or you didn't eat a solid lunch or breakfast with plenty of protein and fats, you know, all of these kind of things. It's just starting to... Firstly, observe, because we can't be expected to figure everything out, you know, straight away. We just start with observing. And then once you've, you know, done that observing work, then you can start to do a little bit of detective work and figure out why these signs and symptoms could be occurring. So that's kind of one side of things. And then there's also just the, the sort of emotional side of things. So I guess there's just things like, I'm like one of those, you know, go, go, go kind of people and I struggle to just sit still and, you know, take a chill pill, relax, that kind of thing. But it is really helpful to just take a little bit of time each day, even if it's just, you know, five minutes first thing in the morning, maybe five minutes at lunch and just, you know, sit quietly. Maybe you listen to relaxing music. Maybe you just sit there and have a sniff of an essential oil or like go outside, go for a little wander or something like that. Without any distractions, and I think that 's just another one of those ways that we can start to um, you know listen to our bodies as well in in a different way because I think there's a lot of a lot of things that our body is is trying to tell us, but we always you know if we 're busy and we 're go 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 all the time, then we don 't give our body the opportunity to communicate with us because we 're not listening that brings up
0: such I know that the listeners are going to resonate with this so much. And I've talked very openly and honestly when I did come from a place of orthorexia and disordered eating, and then had to, because of other health things down the road, do elimination style diets and do that. And that was really hard. It was a very triggering mind game to play coming from a place of a background of disordered eating. And I know that so many of my listeners had said that too. So the first time that a coach to me said, well, we have to track your food to check your symptoms. And I was like, all right, like I'll get my fitness out and like I'll barcode ski and everything. She's like, no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't have to go over, you know, like sometimes it is just, we think that in that such that diet culture frame of mind, like I'll track everything and I'll write down it all. But in the years that I did that and so many of my clients were not actually tracking how, like you said, how you feel. Are you tired? Are you crashing mid-afternoon? Where, what is, Where, what is that making you – reaction
1: is that giving you? Yeah, completely. Yeah, and that's, that's what's important, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the funny thing as well. We forget, um, for, for myself anyway, since I went from, you know, that place of really restricting, training really hard, counting every single thing I ate – to now where I just eat, you know, whatever I feel like eating, which is mostly real food. That's kind of my approach. Like real food is, is the way to go. And outside of that, just don't stress too much about all the rules and um, you know, different diets and that kind of thing. But to now I, I think I'm so much more confident in my body. My body hasn't actually changed that much, but also I'm not thinking about it and focusing on it all the time. So it just, you know, doesn't really matter. That's okay. I feel, I feel great. I'm happy in my skin and I still go to the gym and that kind of thing, but it's just from a place of, you know, what's going to make me feel good instead of um, what's going (laughs) to get me shredded, I suppose.
0: (laughs) In the beginning stages of that, was it really hard Fran to look at your body and know that it was changing or see that it was and not want to go back into that old
1: way of thinking or that line of thinking for you? Yeah, well, I suppose it definitely could have been, but at the time that is actually, you know, I went from this full-on training and, um, you know, hardcore dieting sort of thing to, bam, having chronic fatigue Mm -hmm. and all I could think about was being exhausted. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of distracted me from that whole, you know, I can definitely imagine that, um, you know, if I was just doing it for health and, and it wasn't such a a drastic thing, then I probably would have been really different and that would have been challenging. But I think I was just like, I was just frustrated that I couldn't go to the gym anymore. I was just going for, a, you know, a walk 100 metres down the road, basically, and just felt so disappointed that I was missing out on doing those things rather than focusing on my body at the time. So I guess I was just kind of distracted, which maybe, you know, wasn't the worst thing in that sort of whole aspect of things.
0: No, and not my place to say because it wasn't my, my struggle, but almost a little bit of a blessing in disguise in that if you're having to make those transitions, like you said, you were at such an extreme place, like you didn't really have another option.
1: Yeah, totally. And that's the thing. It's, it's all like, you know, it's looking back, it's, I mean, I'm in a very different place now, but when I was in that, I obviously it's really hard to see what the, (laughs) what the good side of of having chronic fatigue is, but at the same time, you know, maybe I would have, you know, all the, all these years later, maybe I would have still been doing the same thing and, you know, flogging myself and, um, you know, counting my almonds (laughs) and all that sort of thing had, you know, had that not happened to me.
0: Your podcast is Me Talks. Where did that name come from?
1: So as you probably know, it's quite tricky to find an original podcast name. (laughs) And I actually sort of started with um, my main sort of thing that I started with was um, a detox program and I call it a detox program and it's not, it's probably not what you'd expect from a detox program. It's basically just teaching people to eat whole foods, um, and get in touch with their bodies and listening to the signs and symptoms of their bodies. So I sort of mixed the words me, like for people to, you know, tap into their innate intelligence and listen to their bodies with the word detox. And I call it a detox cause that's what people like and that's what it kind of is because it's about, you know, eating whole foods and all of that. But, um, um, but, you know, it's more about focusing on health and nutrient density and all of that. So that was that's that program, which still exists. And it's an online program now. Um, but, yeah, I just took that and, you know, made that into the podcast name because, yeah, I guess it's it's really tricky to find an original podcast name. So that's what I'm rolling with. <laughs>
0: and it's something that piques your interest. Like, I'm like I want to know what is that? What does that? You know, it does draw yeah. my attention for sure. <laughs>
1: I, know, I don't know how memorable it
0: is. <laughs> hey, it's yours now. You make it work. It's mine. I make it work. <laughs> I know that your podcast really aims to talk about how healthy living can be fun and easy. Mm, how can it be? <laughs> and how does what does that look like? I know for some people that's just like, that's not even true. How can that
1: be possible? Totally. I find it so funny because I guess, you know, I came from that place of, being really restrictive, and then you know, eating all this whole foods and stuff. And I think initially, when I started eating, like started the whole whole foods approach of eating, when I developed the chronic fatigue, I was like, "Oh man, this is so boring," you know. I was just eating super boring food, and it was all sort of like learning to cook, learning to find what I enjoy. Um, so I definitely think it can be fun and easy because I think you can make a whole foods version of pretty much anything under the sun. You know, you can make a, a whole foods brownie, um, you know, and of course we don't want to eat that for breakfast, lunch and dinner. But if you eat those kind of things and enjoy those kind of things as a weekend treat, you really don't feel like you're missing out. And I think that can be a little bit of an adjustment to get to that place, you know, with just all these things, like, you know, going out for pizza and and that kind of thing. Initially, there's sort of that aspect of, of feeling like you're missing out. But what I find is when I've been working with clients for a while or they've gone through my detox program or something like that and they've actually made some of these recipes, like they've made, you know, a healthy granola. It doesn't have any sugar in it. It's just got, you know, coconut, nuts and seeds. It's delicious. And they were having their, you know, sugary granola before making those swaps that are just really easy and really delicious you just don't feel like you're missing out at all. And then there's that side of things. And then there's also how good you feel that just makes it completely worth it. So I think it's, it's definitely a mindset shift, but I also, I'm massively, you know, all about that. Well, 80, 20 or 90, 10, you know, kind of approach in that, you know, I go out and I enjoy a glass of wine, you know, every now and then I, I will occasionally have ice cream, you know, I, I enjoy chocolate and that kind of thing. I'm not one of those people who believes in being hardcore restrictive because I've seen how that affects people and I've seen how it affected myself in the past. Um, So I think, you know, Monday to Friday, what do you have for breakfast, lunch and dinner? How can you make a better version of that? And also, you know, how can you make the foods that you enjoy into a healthier version? Because you pretty much always can. And then, you know, because I, Coming from the chicken and broccoli background, mm-hmm. I never want to go back there. Absolutely never. I don't think I've just broiled a chicken breast in the last like six years or something like that. And I probably never will again because it is just, just tastes like absolute nothing. So, but if you can make, you know, it does take a little bit of learning to cook in a very basic way. But once you find the foods you can enjoy and you get to eat them, you know, for your for each meal during the week then that's that's really awesome and it actually can be fun and I guess the easy side of things is just really you know being organized and and meal prepping um and keeping it super simple like I'll often do something just like roast up a whole um whole tray of veggies and then just assemble that in a few different ways you know with different proteins and that kind of thing and just try and make it as easy as possible because I I enjoy cooking but I don't want to spend hours in the kitchen
0: yeah I'm definitely the let's make this quick let's make this easy don't complicate it but at the same time taste good fine herbs find spices find ways to use the same type of foods over
1: and over again but put a twist on it make it a little bit different and interesting yeah totally and that's the thing I think you know people think that they have to give up you know, their mayo or, you know, their pesto and their sauces and all that sort of thing. But there are just, well, of course you can make it all yourself, but you don't have to. You can get really amazing versions of all these things that are just made from whole food ingredients and, you know, non-processed oils, things like olive oil and, um, you know, avocado oil and that kind of thing. Um, And they're just as delicious um, and then you get to enjoy your favorite meals, but you just, you've swapped them out for healthier swaps. And especially this day and age, I feel like you can find
0: what you're looking for or a nice swap anywhere. And if not all else fails, like go on Amazon. I, If it's not perishable, you probably can order it. You know, there's so many places totally. where you can find those things and have access to them, thankfully.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's so easy. I mean, <laughs> when I first went gluten-free, which was probably around, seven years ago or something. Oh man, like the things available at the time, were just terrible. That wasn't even that long ago. Um, But yeah, now, you know, there's some, so many incredible gluten-free breads that are made from really good whole foods ingredients. You know, you can even just go to the supermarket and get a gluten-free pizza base and that sort of thing. And again, supermarket gluten-free products aren't great, but um, you know, all these things are available to us, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, the other thing I, I just wanted to mention briefly, cause we talk about, um, you know, we've spoken about eating whole foods as much as possible, but, but, um, and the, the 80, 20 rule and that kind of thing. But I think it's really important, especially if you do have any of these signs and symptoms going on, <clears throat> you can use your food journal to figure this out, your food and mood journal, but, um, we want to find those non-negotiables or those things that really just don't make us feel great. So for me, that's, that's gluten. For some people it's dairy for some people it's, you know, a food that they're allergic to. And then when you, you know, have that 80 20 um, rule, maybe for me, I'll go out and have, you know, something like a gluten-free pizza. So I'm still sticking to those non-negotiables and I'm not sort of, sabotaging myself, but I can enjoy myself and not feel like there's any rules. And I think that just it takes those options off the table because I guess for me with the gluten, for example, before I'd made up my mind that that, that, that was a non-negotiable and that that was something that I just wasn't going to have. Um, I would just occasionally go out and eat a pizza and then I would feel absolutely terrible and I'd look like a pregnant person um, so I think you know finding what those are for each of us as individuals, and just just taking that off the table and not being too, you know, concerned. And it's it's a bit of a mindset shift to feel like you're you're not missing out. But then allow yourself some freedom and allow yourself to, you know, enjoy yourself if you go out to dinner on the weekend and and that kind of thing. And
0: speaking volumes too of just knowing that you are doing that and making those choices. Because not out of a place of self-hate or deprivation or because it's a fad or to lose weight, it's because that's honestly fueling your body and loving and respecting your body. And you know that you can have it, but the consequences of it is probably not going to be something that you want to deal with.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I was having pretty much this exact conversation with a client yesterday who's had a history of um, bulimia, althorexia. um, and, and yeah, that kind of restricted disordered eating. Um, yeah. And I was, you know, it's basically just, as you said, everything you choose to eat, you know, it's, it's not about placing rules on it, but everything you choose to eat, um, you know, are you choosing to nourish and, and love your body with that food that you're, you're putting into your body, or are you, you know, doing it from a place of, I guess, you know, fear or sort of sabotaging yourself or not enoughness or like where is that coming from? I think this is all, all part of the the um, journaling and taking time time to to tap into your thoughts and your intuition and your signs and symptoms is figuring that out. So it's a little bit of a process, but um but yeah, choosing nourishment initially and sometimes it can feel, you know, maybe it will feel like you're being restrictive but also how do you feel after you know Mm -hmm. if you choose the whole foods option you're going to feel really good after if you choose you know the cookie or some highly processed food or something like that um, again if it's occasional that's fine but if you're doing that every day you're probably going to feel crap after and it just fuels this whole cycle which is what we want to avoid yeah
0: yeah and just a different outlook and a different perspective as to why you're doing it
1: totally yeah
0: Fran, where can people find you? Dig into just a little bit more, listen to the METOX podcast, find out any more information about you or connect with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, definitely, if I'm guessing all of you are into podcasts, so definitely check out my podcast, the METOX podcast. Um, and probably the best place to find me is my Instagram, which is uh, at Fran Dargaville. And yeah, feel free to send me a DM over there and we can chat all about real food nutrition and everything we've spoken about. Um, And also my website, frandargaville.com. And all of that will be in the show notes. So the spelling and everything,
0: they can just go and click (laughs) and check out. So much easier that way. Thankful for show notes. Uh, And before we wrap up, I always like to end with just a few questions. And the first question is What would you say, Fran, is your super weapon?
1: Oh. That is <laughs> Can I have an example? This sure. is a, this is a tricky one. Sure. <laughs>
0: um what would you say if somebody said like what are your gifts? What is that talent? Like what do you feel like
1: this is really where I shine? Yeah, so I think I think really guiding people, that's what I've been finding more and more over the past few years, just really owning that and stepping into that. But I just love to coach and guide people on their, their healing journeys. And I think, you know, having been in that place myself and not having that support at a time, I really love being able to offer that to people now. That's a great, uh, super weapon for somebody
0: who does the job that you do. <laughs> And we always finish with asking,
1: "What does being fierce mean to you?" So, to me, I think being fierce just means owning what's right for you and not having to explain yourself or apologize. And I think this is again, this is just a big part of the whole journey that I've been on. But um, yeah, I I really I really love that, and I think it's tricky as we navigate. You know, maybe. Eating better or healing our bodies and, and all of these things, it can be tricky to navigate with the people um, the people around us, friends and family and, and that kind of thing. so just really owning that and doing what's right for you and not feeling like you need to explain it that's definitely fierce to me mm, i couldn't agree more Fran, thank you so much for your wisdom and
0: all the words that you shared with everybody today. I know that that message is really going to hit home for so many of the listeners, and I just appreciate all that you do thank you so much for having me thank you thank you so much for listening to the fit and fierce podcast if you enjoyed it please head over to itunes subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review it's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way see you next time